The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Oh, so good morning and uh, welcome to another Dhamma talk uh, at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. So I guess everyone knows who I am, so i just introduce myself quickly. So my name is Bhante Chundala and I was born Malaysian and migrated to, to Australia when I was quite young. And when I was 23, I went to join Bodhiyana Monastery and ordained with Ajahn Brown. So I've been practicing as a Buddhist well, for about maybe 20 years now. 10 years as a layperson, and um, yeah, about now 10 years, uh, roughly 10 years as a, as a um, monastic. Uh, okay, so um, this will be my last talk, uh, staying at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Uh, and um, this month, uh, myself, Achan Chittapalola, and Bhante Bodhidasha, we will be returning back to um, Bodhiyana Monastery. So it's been a very good stay this year. So I was quite glad and quite, um, yeah, quite happy uh, to be a part of the Newbury Buddhist Monastery uh, community again. So it's been a very good stay, uh, very productive. Okay. So um, today's Dharma talk, uh, it's just you see, I talk about things as um, happening around the world or within the monastery and how things are going. So this has been very interesting, staying in the monastery and having a quiet place to practice and study and reflect. Then, um, because um, all monasteries now these days are pretty well connected to the world by the internet and also the good, to, good thing about having the internet le, is a good resource of getting information and also sharing the Dharma teaching, the Buddhist teaching to um, a lot of our supporters and Buddhists and also non-Buddhists all over the world. Yeah. But also we get a lot of um, access to news uh, and to see what's happening in the world. Le. So it's quite interesting and um, one thing I realized, uh, sometimes getting a lot of information, uh, especially from the news, uh, we are conditioned uh, by what's happening in the world. Uh, so this worldly condition uh, is quite strong and very powerful. Uh, and sometimes when we look at news, and we might feel a bit, um, we say, upset, uh, confused, uh, how things are going. Uh, but sometimes I go back to my kuti uh, and um, walk back to my kuti, watch the, the kangaroos, the birds, the forests, the nice serene um, environment, uh, a quiet place in my kuti. Uh, and I realized that uh, all this worldly conditioning uh, is quite a powerful and a strong pull. Uh, it pulls a miner out into the world, uh, into politics, uh, and also in just a lot of confusion. Uh, and there's nothing much we can do. Uh, that's the way the world is. Uh, but sometimes the best thing we can do like, is to disconnect like, as much as possible from what's happening in the world. Like. So that way we feel free 
we feel happy, we feel at ease, and we don't disconnect from what's happening in the world. We can get really, really caught up. So this conditioning, worldly conditioning, is very powerful. And all human beings, if we are not fully enlightened, we are pulled by this conditioning. And we are pulled into this conditioning by our surrounding, our friends, um, by society, yeah, and especially with our news these days, uh, and it can it, sometimes it can feel very uncertain, uh, and it leads to fear, anxiety, worry, uh, and also hopelessness. Uh, seeing the news, what's happening. So I was looking at the internet and I saw something um, quite quite funny uh, that I haven't seen for a long time, uh, and it was the uh, the symbol of the the tree monkey. Uh, so the first monkey, because uh, I, I see no evil, I see no evil. Then the second monkey, uh, with hands in his ear, I hear no evil, I hear no evil. And the third monkey, uh, with his hand in his mouth, uh, I speak, I speak no evil, I speak no evil. And also I saw something added in uh, on the internet, uh, was a monkey uh, with, a, with a tablet uh, holding up. Uh, I, I internet no evil. I internet no evil. So these are these things are quite quite funny yeah? to uh, reflect and see. Yeah? But it's true. Yeah? Around a lot of things is happening in the world. Yeah? It's it's through our senses, and it goes in the senses, and it goes in our heart and our mind. Yeah? And this really condition is very powerful yeah? and quite strong. Yeah? And if we're not careful, yeah? we can be lost in confusion. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And because the Buddha say this, the um, in Buddha's um, in the Dharma practice, uh, because um, because of dukkha, uh, there is suffering. So suffering is arise from attachment. Uh, so when we attach things, uh, and um, because of attachment, uh, it will lead to suffering. Uh, and because of uh, an, uh, Nietzsche, everything is um, not permanent and always changing. So when things change, uh, then we will we'll suffer uh, if we are attached to too much to it. Uh. And um, another uh, is because of the idea uh, of a self uh, or ego. Uh, and because as long as there's a self and we are caught up with the things that's happening uh, and it's mine, right, my property, uh, my suffering, my happiness. Uh. So this this worldly condition uh, is very strong in everyone. Uh. So uh, the Buddha say this eight worldly con- conditioning or winds uh, of um, all, um, this four are this, actually these eight are loss of happiness, fear of suffering, loss of fame, fear of being nobody. Uh loss of praise and fear of blame yeah. and also last one is gain and loss sometimes wealth and also families yep. so this eight worldly conditioning for a um, a enlightened person will, will, throw, will blow them around to place yeah yeah so sometimes you, you, you see what's happening around the world Mm. Yeah, I mean, one reason why I got drawn into the Buddhist practice uh, was just trying to find some meaning uh, and some hope uh, 
to see, to get out of this confusion and chaos. Uh. Because when I was younger, before I was Buddhist, uh, I used to get caught up with just worldly things, uh, and it actually made me very, very unhappy and depressed uh, and quite miserable. Uh. It actually affected my health. Uh. Yeah. So one time when I was, um, that's where where I was staying. Yeah. There was a lot of different temples uh, mm. and places where I used to visit. Uh, and when I used to visit one of the Buddhist temples, uh, I will see the Buddhist image. Uh, and when I see the Buddhist image, uh, you can see it, we have a beautiful Buddhist image here. Uh, the Buddhist image, uh, when I see it, uh, is a symbol of peace, inner happiness, contentment, uh, freedom, uh, and wisdom. Uh. And also the Buddha uh, was a very love, compassionate uh, and loving kindness uh, person. person uh, also awakened and um, enlightened. So every time I see a Buddhist image, that reminds me of those qualities. And also when I was a lay person, I say, I say, I told myself, wow, isn't it great if I can learn the Buddhist teaching and understand what the Buddha seen in his practice, in his awakening. So that's one reason all my Buddhist practice started because of Coming to a monast- coming to a Buddhist temple and seeing a uh, Buddhist image, uh, and the the Buddhist always the Buddhist image always seemed very peaceful and serene. Uh, yeah, so that gave gave a lot of happiness in my heart. Uh, and also, um, the Buddha the Buddha was a real person uh, that existed uh, two thousand five hundred years ago. Uh, and he he taught the Buddhist teaching uh, that brought a lot of happiness uh, to a lot of people, uh, human and non-human. Uh, and also God, sir, or David, sir. Mm. One thing with Buddhism, uh, the concept of, of the self uh, is um, just because the self is a core teaching uh, of Buddhism, uh, having the idea because of, of a self uh, is causing a lot of suffering uh, within ourselves, relating with, with the world uh, through our five senses. Uh, to the senses of of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling. Uh, these five senses uh, who condition uh, to our to our behavior. Uh, this condition is very strong. Mm. So, due to like meditation, uh, to understand our behavior, uh, we understand why we are conditioned by this. Um, our feelings, our thoughts and our memory and also because our behavior like, is also quite quite important too because if we behave unskillfully yeah, we will cause a lot of suffering yeah, to ourselves uh, and also other people mm. so the Buddhist concept is quite, quite interesting yeah? and it's quite 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 was quite new when I first learned about Buddhism uh, because I never learned all this before I knew that it existed like, but I was due to my um, foolishness uh, of this my worldly conditioning yeah i i lost lost touch of this inner spiritual qualities uh. mm-hmm. and the buddhist say yeah he says the highest blessing one of the um we say a deva, a heavenly being, yeah? um, asked the Buddha, what is the highest blessing? Yeah? 
and the Buddha didn't say like meditate or learn the Dharma. He's first say yeah, to associate with the wise and not to associate with fools. So what the Buddha meant by that? One, a wise person will behave in a way that will bring happiness to oneself and other people. And a foolish person will bring suffering to oneself and other people. So when we associate with wise people, then we will become like them and we learn to be happy. And also in, in the Sangha, it's very important because Ananda, they asked Buddha, associating with our good monastic friends, is it half of the holy life? And the Buddha said, no, it's the whole of the holy life. So when you associate with good monastic, with kind monastic, with wise monastic, there's well practice in the Buddha Dharma and in the Eightfold Path, you learn from them, you get inspired by them. So that's one reason why myself and the monks here, we always go back to Bodhiyana Monastery and be with the Sangha, especially, especially with Ajahn Brown, Ajahn Mali, Ajahn Api, and the other senior monks. Because when you associate with good practitioners, you learn and you get inspired by the example. It's quite, quite a big difference staying in the monastery and being in the world. Because sometimes, we, as the, the three months wasa finish, we, we tend to be more busier and uh, we are more active, just doing monastic duties, getting things done in the monastery, um, doing our maintenance, getting ready for, ready for our fire season. And we can become quite active, and um, and sometimes we now the the lockdown the resist the uh, restriction is lessened, so the monastic are going out to um, to bunnings and other places uh, just to get um, supplies and maintenance for the buildings. Uh. So sometimes when you go out there, you can see we can really see the how the world, the just the busyness of the world, uh, um, especially when the restriction is lifted. Uh. And it's quite busy out there, and you can see people running around a lot. So people are quite relieved, and they're quite happy uh, to see that uh, uh, finally the restriction is getting less and less. Uh, and I think we have something like seven or eight days uh, with no cases, uh, no coronavirus cases. Uh, so you see people would have, have changed. Uh, but during lockdown, it's, it's quite, quite a lot of restraint. Uh, and uh, for, for them, it's a lot of um, suffering uh, just to be alone or, or, or being by yourself in, in um, lockdown or isolation. But for Buddhist practitioners, uh, we've always been um, in lockdown isolation because we spend about maybe up to, um, we'll say between 16 to 20 hours by ourselves, sometimes even 24 hours by ourselves. So we are basically in lockdown all the time. <laughs> so this is having the um, the COVID period left for the monastic is really good because uh, we don't have massive crowd of uh, supporters coming to the monastery yeah, to offer dana or lunch to the, to the sangha. So we have a quiet time in the monastery. Yeah. So for us, it's very peaceful yeah, and quite free yeah, from our responsibility and duties. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I still remember during the wasa, like, when we go back to the, uh, spend so much time 
sitting in our kuti, in a monk's hut, just doing a lot of meditation and reflection, where we calm everything down, where we bring our awareness back in. Because when the core teaching, our core practice of 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 the uh, the eightfold path is basic meditation, and when we close our eye, calm our mind, and silent the mind, silent our thoughts, and basically also calm our feeling, because if we get caught up with things external, our thoughts tends to move around everywhere like a monkey, and when we calm our thoughts, calm our emotion, then we develop that inner peace and happiness and contentment, and that's peace, happiness and freedom. The more we stay inside, the more we steal things down, steal our mind, then in Buddhism we call this the outflowing of the mind, or Cankers, they call cankers, is that when a tree is oozing out um, liquid, so we call this cankers, just unwholesome or disgusting things that ooze out from the tree. So all these are basically our uncontrollable thoughts that arise from the mind and that flow out. So these are the outflow of the mind. And if we can calm the mind, down, make it calm and peaceful and allow this outflowing not to rise in the mind then after a while a lot of peace, happiness and freedom and bliss will arise naturally within the mind so a mind is free from attachment greed and hatred it's a mind is free from the worldly suffering. Mm. Yeah. When the mind is calm and peaceful, uh, there's a concept of a non-self. Uh, because of the I and the self, uh, we create a lot of suffering uh, within ourselves and other people. Uh, but if we can get deep into meditation and allow the self uh, and the I to disappear, uh, then a lot of peace, happiness and bliss will arise in the mind. Because we are meditation, deep meditation, it's very hard to understand our attachment, our defilements, and also the self that's playing around. Mm. But this, all this conditioning, worldly conditioning, is just our attachment. The more we let go, the more we calm our mind, the more happier and free we become the more we can shut down our senses, our five senses, and allow the mind to become still and peaceful, the more happier, the more free, and more content we are. It's quite interesting. I was looking at the internet, and sometimes you hear all these near-death experiences where a person will have an accident, or they be in a hospital, and somehow their body dies and their mind completely become calm and still and they describe that the mind vanish and the mind become very still and calm without thoughts and feelings and they always describe a, a darkness 
and the light coming out at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And when they enter the light, yeah, they feel a lot of happiness, peace and bliss. And indescribable peace and happiness. But sometimes when I listen to this um, description of near-death near experience, I realize this is basically just deep meditation. When the body and mind, when the body vanish, our five senses start to shut down and the mind becomes very still. Yeah, so deep meditation is like when we're having a near-death experience, when we shut down our five senses and allow the, the body to vanish and allow the mind to become calm and peaceful. And once things become very calm and peaceful, a lot of happiness and contentment and freedom arise in the mind. And when they arise, sometimes they arise in the form of a light, a bright light. Yeah. Yeah. But in Buddhist, Buddhism, we know this is just a reflection of the mind. It's when we see the mind. We see the mind as bright and radiant. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for us, for monastic and also Buddhist practitioner, we don't have to die to 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 see to see the our mind. Mm. Yep. I mean, the Buddha gave a lot of similes. One of the similes the Buddha gave was just a simile of the lotus plant. So he say, for a Buddhist practitioner, or sometimes we need to practice in places where it's a bit difficult and where there's a bit of suffering. So when we are practicing by alone in the forest or in our hearts, um, our mind will tends to go from past and future. And it's also like a storm. Because our attachment is very strong within this world, and we have to learn to calm and still the mind. So when there's a lot of suffering, so suffering will lead lead to a lot of understanding. The more we calm the mind, the more we calm our senses, the more we still our mind. Then we really realize that but the self is always having a hunger and attachment to go out into the world. When we go in the world, then we attach to things. And when we attach to things, when we attach to suffering. So when we free ourselves from our attachment and from the sense of, of I and self, then we understand wisdom arises from seeing things very clearly, seeing things the way they are. So the simile of the lotus plant is when a lotus can only grow in mud. So the mud is a, is a suffering in the world. So our suffering, then this, this beautiful plant will grow a flower and the flower will, will blossom in the beautiful lotus. Yeah. So without suffering, yeah, the mind will not understand suffering. Without, without understand freedom and the freedom from, um, from attachment. Because the, world, the, the way the world is, that people want to have the, the freedom of, of, of desire. But in Buddhism, it's the opposite. It's freedom from attachment. Mm. So sometimes at night I look at the stars and staying by myself in the Kutiya at night it's so peaceful staying in the in in Newbury Buddhist Monastery and also Bodhiana Monastery. One of my one of the things I like doing, especially at night, yeah, when after meditation is just look at look at the uh, the stars at night, yeah. And I always notice uh, the darkest nights uh, always bring out the brightest stars. Uh. Mm. 
Because it's a bit like meditation. When it goes deep in meditation, when it goes into the darkness of, of meditation, the brightest stars or the brightest mind will always, always arise. Okay, so that's a quick Dharma talk. I hope it was not too boring because I'm not really a, um, a scholar monk. I don't read a lot of Pali, I do a lot of studies. I like to just practice and keep things simply. Okay, so we have about 15 minutes left. So, um, so I invite anyone to have any questions, any questions that I'll ask me. Thank you. Thank you, Pandichunda. So far, we have received one question. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, thank you. <laughs> How to deal with sense of loss, which already stuck in my mind? Mm. I mean, about stories from past. Yes. It's coming back even when I'm truly trying to be okay or neutral with that. Mm. Me and my monkey noisy mm. brain. Is it possible to find somehow solution for too much talkative mind, especially when I'm trying to cool down and meditate or focus on uh, birth or, or on more and more oh on birth more and more coming mm -hmm. when I'm ignoring is not too bad. Okay. So a sense of loss is is it's not loss. Uh, it's is is just a, a experience. Uh, I mean, sometimes I reflect in my life, uh, and I think of all the things that I lost: uh, um, status, not doing the right thing. Um, maybe I should have done better. Maybe I should try harder. Um, lots of opportunities. Um, yeah, if I get caught up with all these loss and stuff, uh, you you will eat into my heart, uh, and sometimes you stop me from sleeping. So I realize this is is such an experience. Uh, so if we experience loss, uh, it allows us to grow, because without loss and suffering, uh, we will we'll never understand uh, why all this attachment uh, is very painful. Uh, because when I was working up in the mines. Um, I basically lost being ha being having freedom uh, to basically be my friend, hang around with my family, enjoy going to parties, going to um, places I, I wished I would like to go and uh, enjoy myself. Uh, but I realized all this attachment uh, will bring a lot of suffering uh, because it's just my um, my wanting. Uh, if I want things uh, and I can't get it. Uh, then it will lead to a lot of suffering, inner happy, inner suffering. Yeah. But if I learn to accept things uh, and learn to be by myself, I learn to um, accept all my miscoming yeah, and all my faults uh, and all my mistakes, yeah, then, then I can be free. If I hold on to, to loss uh, and miss opportunity, yeah, then it will eat into my heart. Uh, then I will never be free. Yeah. You look at the world, look at the news. Uh, People are always striving for status, for respect, for honor, and for gain, and for um, basic material welfare. And um, the more people strive for it, the more work, the more, um, we say, problem and drama there is. So if we can learn to develop those spiritual qualities in our heart of, of contentment, of uh, forgiveness, 
and also for just letting go, letting things go. Nah. Things are always changing. So we, if we learn to live in this moment, nah, live in the present moment, nah, no matter what, what happens, nah, um, even if things don't go, don't go right or go your way, nah, we learn to accept it. Nah, because it is always an opportunity nah, to learn and to understand. Nah. So when we learn and we understand, nah, then we become wiser. Nah. So I mean, the more things I lost, nah, I find that the more things, the more happier I am because I learned that I can hold on to things. Things are always changing, so things come and and things go. Like when I ordained as a monastic in Bodhiyana Monastery, even when I was a trainee or an agricultural, um, I have lost a lot of good friends, good Buddhists that came in to um, to take part in the monastery, you try to become a monastic and a lot of good practitioners um, basically they cannot handle the, the training yeah? because their mind was driving them uh, up the wall crazy yeah? because of sometimes their attachment uh, to the world uh. so this really good Buddhist, some of them um, basically did, did not ordain and also sometimes some really good monastic, good people that ordain as monastic yeah? After a few years, they basically disrobed uh, and, and left the monastery. Uh. So sometimes when I think back on all these good people, uh, good monastic, uh, that was in the monastery uh, and they basically did not make it. Uh. So um, yeah, sometimes it's a bit of a loss, uh, but I reflect that things are always changing. It's always impermanent. Uh. And if I hold on to it in my heart, uh, then basically I feel a bit sad and, and, and unhappy. Uh. So I realize this is just, just something that we have to reflect inside and we, and we have to accept and we need to let things go and let things let karma unfold because what happened is, is other people's karma we let it be we can only take care of our own heart and our own karma and our, our own peace of mind okay thank you so the next question um, how sincerity should be developed? Mm. Sincerity is very important because when you're sincere and you're genuine, even if you're right and wrong, it's not important. The most important thing is just to accept your own flaws. So when you do something right, then you accept it and if you're praised, that's good. But when you do something wrong, you also admit it and, and accept it too. Uh, and also take the blame. Uh, so that way you become very truthful. Uh, because sometimes the worst thing to do uh, is always look for praise uh, and avoid the blame. Uh, I mean, myself, sometimes um, I make so many mistakes too. Uh, and I don't try and hide it. If, if I make a mistake, I let my friends know. Uh, and I let my monastic friends know. So that way uh, they can trust me. Uh, so if I try and we go, we go away our things, uh, I will reflect it. Uh, after a while, I'm not truthful. Uh. So it's always be truthful and genuine. Because when I became a Buddhist, uh, I found that I had more friends and people like me more. Uh, because I was honest and genuine. Uh, and because of that, uh, more people trusted me. Uh, because they realized that I wasn't trying to cover things up uh, or blame other people. Uh. Yep. So sometimes when you're truth, truthful, uh, when you go back, when you close your eye, when you meditate, yeah, 
there's no sense of worry and concern or regret. Because we realize we are human beings. We do make mistakes. Yeah. And as long as we don't think that, we don't beat ourselves up because, oh, it's my, my problem. Oh, I'm not good enough. I should have done better. I should have known better. I should have um, get involved with the right people, hang around with the right people. I should have said that. I just said that to myself. And because of a sense of an eye, it's causing all, a lot of suffering. So when you just see the, the, the self, it's just a process. Then when you can we remove this, the process of the self and go into stillness and you realize, yep, then you can be free. Because um, in Buddhism, as long as it's a self, there will always be a suffering. That's why when a fully awakened, enlightened being is a person that, that have no self, no ego, selflessness. And a person that don't have a self and an ego is not attached to the world. It's completely free and contented, contented and completely, um, who say, unburdened. Because a fully enlightened arahat doesn't have a self. It's just an empty shell. Because there's no more greed, hatred and delusion in that, in that being. So uh, no matter what happened, it doesn't allow things to stick into that person. Because there's no one there. And if there's no, no person, there's no problem. And if you think there's a, a person, there's, there's lost suffering. Mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Bandai. The next question. Oh, more questions. Ooh. How was your meditation like when you were depressed? Okay. Was it calming or difficult at first mm. before you calmed down? Okay, so I meet for myself. Um, I still have defilements, and if I am not careful, and those defilements get into into my heart and my feeling, then I can spend almost the whole night just thinking about it or getting beat myself over it. But if I can slowly, slowly let things go and slowly, slowly calm the thoughts and allow the equanimity, calm and peace to rise in my heart, then I realize because um, because of the craziness of my thoughts, it's causing a lot of anxiety. And um, if, if I can't let things go, it will affect um, my health, so things like maybe my back might become a bit stiff and when I meditate, I, I, I will feel it in my body. Things become quite tense up in my soldier, my back. And also um, maybe I, you can even feel it in your stomach. You feel that, that um, slight anxiety, a sick feeling in your stomach. So we all have that feeling when things go wrong. When there's a lot of worry, you actually feel in your, in your stomach a gut feeling. But when you can let go of these um, defilements in the mind, then you, you become free. Then when you become free, your body becomes light, yeah? tranquil and serene. Yeah. Then you have nice dreams. You wake up with a peaceful mind. Mm. I've been talking to um, some Buddhist practitioners 
I mean, for myself, I can talk about meditation, but some of my Buddhist friends and practitioners, they say that when they can let things go, they feel very happy and very peaceful. Meditation becomes like a walk in the past, walk in the park. So when they have developed a lot of a mind of loving kindness and compassion and forgiveness, then when they close their eye and meditate, they find that the peace and the happiness and joy arise in the mind naturally and that will lead to a a bright radiant mind because when the mind is free and the mind becomes bright and radiant and they say that when they close their eyes to sleep they see that the mind is so so bright and radiant they cannot sleep at night and when they go out and look at the stars they don't see the stars because the mind is completely overwhelmed in 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 um in immerse in happiness and joy and peace yep so as for buddhist practitioner those those qualities we must develop so when we develop a pure mind a pure heart develop a buddha buddha nature or those enlightenment qualities in our heart then it arise arise to a happiness happiness of of a free mind okay thank you Thank you, Bandai. This is from the same uh, audience asking about loss. Loss, yes. Pretty long, okay? Okay. The source of problem is, on September, I lost my grandpa. Mm. Every single day, I could speak with him only on Skype. Yes. It's not the same. Mm. He was in Poland. I was in Dublin. Mm. So you miss a lot. Yes. I would never forget. Somehow I could be with him. Mm. I told my two years old daughter, husband was working. Grandpa died from metastatic cancer. Mm. Cancer attacked his intestine. They cut a lot one year before he died. After one year, when I came, I think referring to Dublin, Cancer jumped on lung, lungs, liver, etc. Cancer swallowed him. It wasn't the same person. Mm-hmm. He called me 4.30 a.m. I left my daughter. I took car and I run to him. I sit on the floor nearly his head. He was crazy suffering. Finally, he suffocated. It broke me completely. He died at 5.05 a.m., half an hour from the moment when I came. I feel empty. I'm thinking like obsessed about him every single day. I'm meditating, putting light few times daily. I understand what happened clear, but I can't cut this full of pain pushing inside myself. I know I'm selfish. How to accept that suffering existing? Yes. Sometimes a loss of, of someone very dear, especially a family member. Because we've been with um, our family for a very long time. So when we lose someone very dear to us, um, there's always a sense of um, grieving in our heart. It's normal because after a while, like just just allow things to be, accept it, and uh, make peace with it, because the grieving 
um, process do take a while. Just time after time, it become less and less. Because um, I always remember, remember like when I do lose someone very dear to me, like it can be um, both my grandfather have passed away. My, my mom's um, dad passed away quite recently. Uh, so I, the last time I went and visit my mom, um, I saw my mom, she was very happy. Then um, she was happy to see me. I went to my room, I unpacked my stuff. Then one hour later I came out and my mom was crying. So I, I straight away I realized that my grandfather just passed away. Because um, my mom told, told me that my grandfather was sick from stomach cancer. So yeah, I mean my grandfather was in, in his 90s. So sometimes when you lose someone very dear in our heart, um, it's quite normal to feel hurt, because we really miss that person. But it's okay, just allow things to be. And uh, always try and think of all the good memories that you've been with that person. So when you think of all the good things, think of the time you've been together. And know what a wonderful grandparents they are. So that way you always think of all the good things. Because this is life. When there's birth, there's always death. And no one can escape from that. So that's why everything's impermanent. Being a human being, we have great, this great opportunity to enjoy life and to be with, with all our loved ones. But at the end of the day, we know our loved ones, they will depart. They will leave this world. So when we know that they will leave, we accept things for what they are. But what we can hold on to is the memories. Always hold on to the good memories of your grandparents, how they are, how they, what a good, kind, quality person they are, and all the good memories. And yeah, and when then hopefully all the good memories will overcome all the unwholesome memories. So um, yeah, loss and sickness and death is very, it's always a hard thing to deal with. But when we understand uh, the law of karma, uh, the law of impermanent, uh, everything that's deep in our heart uh, will, will depart us. Uh. So when we accept things uh, for what they are, uh, then we can make peace with it. Then we can let things go. Uh. But it does take time. So hopefully uh, after a while, uh, then slowly you can slowly overcome those loss. It's very difficult in the beginning, but after, after time, uh, Things will slowly fade away, yeah, and just keep all the good memories. Okay, thank you. That's all the questions we have. Thank you, Wendy. Okay, thank you, Ola. And uh, yeah, so um, so this is basically my last talk. Yeah, so it's been very, very interesting. Yeah, coming to Bodhiyatma, uh, going to um New Ray Buddhist Monastery yeah, and staying in this wonderful facility. Yeah. So hopefully next year. Uh, we will start the new project, uh, the new um, lay center, uh, sometime next year, middle of next year. Uh, so that will be an exciting pro project. Uh, so Newberry Boots Monastery is growing and growing every year. Uh, so that's great. Having a, a monastery in um, for the Buddhist Society of Victoria. Uh, so it's always been very interesting. Uh, during the COVID time, uh, I mean, the lockdown, we don't get to see a lot of supporters. They don't come here. But during the um, lockdown period, you see um, the, the 
the lay community does, does not come up to the, to the monastery much. I mean, they do come up, come up only once in a while with the permission and permit from the government just to check check the buildings and um, do anything to do with planning or council requirement. Yep, so it's been very peaceful in, in um, New Red Buddhist Monastery. So it's quite interesting. Also, we're giving all these live talks online. So uh, hopefully it's, it's a benefit, benefit to a lot of people out in the world. So it's been my pleasure giving this Dharma talk. Because when we find that when we give Dharma talks, also it's a source of wisdom and understanding. So for us, we are learning at the same time as, as also our... Um, uh, people that's listening yeah, to the Dharma talk too. Yeah. So the Buddha say yeah, there is five ways to develop wisdom. So I, I can't remember all of them, but I think one was meditation, one was wise reflection, one was much learning yeah, and study of the suttas, yeah. and one was um, was was it listening to the Dharma, yeah. and one and the, and one was teaching teaching the Dharma. Yeah. So when you teach the Dharma, yeah, also develop wisdom within yourself. Yeah. So it's also a learning process for myself. Okay, thank you. So have a nice day, and uh, please take care, and uh, be safe. Thank you. And Bhattachanda, we do have some thank you messages to you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Bhattachanda. And thank you, Bande, for your support during your stay at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Thank you. It's also my... My, my honor to, to support and service community. Also, um, yeah, also it's good as a source of merit for me yeah? because sometimes for monastic, it's very hard for monastic to make, to make merit. Right? So one, one way of making merit for, for, this, for, for monastic is, is service, selfless service to, to, the, to the community. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you, and tomorrow night, Yes, so tomorrow night I'll be giving the guided meditation at 7.30 p.m. Victoria time. Okay, thank you. So, um, yeah, so if you're free, you can join me for the, for the guided meditation Monday night. Yeah. Okay, take care.